In Likutei Sichas Chelik Dalid, in the Sicha for Esrim Be'av, for the 20th day of Av, on page 1103, 1103, the Rebbe is going to discuss the only place that we find the date of twenty of twentieth of of mentioned in the Gemara, uh, the Rebbe will analyze the special uh, meaning and happenings of that day, and also to interpret and explain uh, the uh, various details that is brought down in the Gemara with regards to the 20th days of Av. Of course, the 20th day of Av is the Yorzeit of Harav and Harav HaChosit, Rebbe Yitzchak Zal, Schneerson, the father of the Rebbe, who uh, passed away in the year Tavshin Dalet, in the city in which he was exiled, in the... Uh, country of Kazakhstan and uh, of course in regards to that yard site the, the Rebbe want to learn out uh, from the Gemara the specialty of this day the Rebbe also brings uh, down in the footnote number one that the 20th day of Av ha- is 40 days before Rosh Hashanah and he brings down from some customs uh, brought down in some svarim that on the 20th day of Av they would make Hatoras Nidorim which is 40 days before Rosh Hashanah but it's not a custom that the Rebbe says that he has seen as done uh, similar in Chabad but the general concept of 40 days prior to an event we see in the fact that Rosh Chodesh Elul is 40 days before Yom Kippur, representing really the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu was up on the mountain, the last time to take bring down the, the third time to bring down the Luchas. And the Rebbe says that the Avodah begins 40 days before Yom Kippur. Uh, so in a similar sense, it seems that we can also apply to 40 days before Rosh Hashanah. And Yom Kippur itself is also sometimes referred to as a Rosh Hashanah, as in the Pasuk Yecheskel Mem Pasuk Aleph. So, if 40 days before the Rosh Hashanah of Yom Kippur is a significant day because it begins with the month of Elul, so then 40 days before Rosh Hashanah, the real Rosh Hashanah, or, or the first day of Tishrei, should also be of significance. This is the idea that the Rebbe brings down over here in the footnote. We'll learn inside now on page 1103, the Sikha for Esrim Aleph. The main second mole, uh, the only time, that so far, uh, that I gefunden, that I found as Oldermontveren in Shas, that it should be mentioned in the uh, Shas, in the Talmud, the Tog Esrim Be'av, of the 20th day of, is in Mesechta Tainis, is in the Tractate of Tainis. What is the 20th day of Av mentioned in regards to what? So, the Mishnah, the Tzel Dorten, the Mishnah relates over there. As Chof Av is given a Yomtev by a Givisur Mishpacha that the 20th day of Av was a festival, was a good day by a certain family. Why did that family make the 20th day of Av for a Yomtev, for a good day for them? To leave them, was in them talk, that was because that on that day, that is the 20th day of Av, the wood that they contributed, that this family contributed, was used on the Mizbeach in the Beis Amikdosh. So in the Beis Amikdosh, on the 20th day of Av, they used the wood that a particular family has contributed for the use of the Mizbeach. What is this whole thing about a family bringing wood on the uh, Mizbeach, uh, contributing wood of the Mizbeach? What is this all about? So the Rebbe explains, since given at Sa'id, there was a time when in the Lishke is Nid Given can hold, that in the room where they would 
store woods so that they can always have a fire on the Mizbeach. So there was a time that there were no wood over there. Habundan So at that particular year when they uh, was no wood, so certain families given they uh, offered uh, to donate to bring in holes for Mizbeach to contribute and to bring the wood for the Mizbeach. So there were several families that undertook to supply the wood for the Mizbeach. When the wood that one family brought has been used up, was finished. At that point, a second family stepped in and they continued to bring the wood. So it turns out that at that year when there was no wood, there were different families that contributed wood along during the time, <coughs> during the year when they needed wood for the Mizbech. So as a reward for that, for these families bringing the wood at that point when it was necessary and there was no wood left in the Lishka. Hatman Misakin given, they instituted as in them tog that on that day was a mishpocha dan gebracht holz that a family brought wood so in them tog nutsun funir holz so then on that day for the year future years they also use wood from that family even at the time that there is enough wood there was wood in the Lishka in the room so they already had their plenty of wood they didn't need the contribution but as a reward for these families for bringing the wood when it was when there was no wood in the Lishka so they gave them that day that they brought the wood they gave them that day and even there was wood they still used this family's wood as a contribution and therefore that day because they used their wood that they contributed is given the Yomtev and the Mishpoche that became the Yomtev, the festival, the good day for that family because of the opportunity that they were bringing wood for the Mizbech with regards to which family were the ones that contributed the wood on the 20th day of Av we had a 20th day above, we know that one family brought wood on the 20th day above. And we'll see later on, there was another family that brought on the 20th day of El. Which is the family that brought on the 20th day above? Is Farani Gemara Tzvedeh. So in the Gemara over there, it brings down two views. Rameir Zokht, Rameir says, Hain, Hain, Bnei David ben Yehuda. That they are, these families are descendants of David, the son of Yehuda. And Rabbi Yaisi disagrees with Rabbi Meir, and he says, that they are the sons, the descendants of Yoyev ben Tsuruya, they are the ones that brought the gifts of the wood for the Mizbech. In that year that they didn't have, and then there was their festival. So, the Rebbe says, It would seem, How is it possible that there should be a disagreement on facts? I mean, it was one or the other. How could they argue? You can argue in a logical, in an idea. But here the question is, it's an argument about what was the fact. So it was only one of them. So how is it possible for the Rebbe's to argue about a fact? Nochmer. It's even further, more problematic is We know that these and these, meaning both opinions, are the words of a living God. So how is that possible to apply the concept that they're both words of God in our matter? In other words, in the case where they're arguing about whether it was the descendant of David or the descendants of Yehov, uh it was either one, and if it was either one, it, they cannot both be true. So how, because it was only one of them, so how do we apply the idea of Elu Elu So first of all, how could they be arguing in the first place about a fact? And specifically, they're arguing about a fact, how could we apply the rule that they're both 
true, uh, it can't be both true. So the Rebbe therefore says, V'yashleimar. So therefore we can say, as the Ebel de Monte Rameir, when Rabbi Yaisi, that the above mentioned <coughs> disagreement between Rameir and Rabbi Yaisi, is not This is not actually, they're not arguing about the facts of the matter. Which means, this is given whether it was this family or another family. But both of them, they're talking about the same family. Because the reality was that they came, their lineage, they come from both of them. It's not a contradiction, they came from both. On one side, the family was from David, on the other side was from Yoyev. Because they intermarried. The family of Yoyev married into the family of David, and therefore, the descendants, it's very possible that they came from both of these families. So there is really no factual disagreement over here. They're not arguing the fact who it was whether it was descendants of David or descendants of Yoyev because that wouldn't make sense because they were descendants of both of them but then the question would be so why are they disagreeing? so then if it's the same family and they uh, married one another the family of Yoyev with the family of David and these are their descendants so we're not having a disagreement here so why is we quoting here a mayor of Yoyev disagreeing? they're not disagreeing about anything. So, the disagreement that the Rebbe is going to explain is not who they were, but which is the main aspect, which part of their family inspired them, especially to bring these wood as a gift. So, what is the consists, the disagreement for Amir Yosef? Through which of the advantage and the importance of the particular family is that there came about their contributing the wood for the Mizbeach on the 20th day of Av. In other words, what motivated them which one of their family lineage greatness inspired them and gave them that special uh, power or energy to go ahead and do what they did to contribute the wood on the 20th day of up the mayor halt so the mayor is of the view as there's Rus from David that it was the privilege of being a descendant from the David side of the family which brought that out, which brought out that special uh, contribution to give the wood for the Mizbech. When Rabbi Yaisi held, and Rabbi Yaisi holds, as there's Rus from Yoyev ben Tzruya, that it was the merit and the fact that they are descendants of Yoyev ben Tzruya in the family, that brought about uh, that special uh, contribution of the wood. So basically what the Rebbe said here is we don't have really two opinions who they were. They were the same people. They both know it was this one family that the family of Yoyev and the family of David that married each other and these were their descendants. But the machloikas, the disagreement over here is which side of the family is the cause and that inspire them to bring the carbon on the 20th day of Av to give the gift of the wood. So from here, what we see that somehow that this bringing the gift of the 20th day of Av required some special privilege or inspired a special inspiration because they're disagreeing who is the one that inspired whether it was uh, as seed of Yehuda or as David or a seed of Yoyev what is it such a big deal and uh, 
how is this different than the other wood that was brought? There was many other families that celebrated other days of the year because those were the days that they brought the wood. There is no disagreement which families or which inspiration where it came from. All of a sudden over here we're saying that here they required some sort of an inspiration in order for them to bring about, to bring that gift, to bring about this gift of the 20th day of Av to bring on the Mizbeach the wood. And the Rebbe will explain that there is indeed a very special self-sacrifice uh, uh, to give up in order to bring the wood at that point as the Rebbe will point out because the wood became more scarce after the 15th day of Av so that when one gave wood on the 20th day of Av uh, that really meant that that wood could not, could not be replenished because starting with the 15th day of Av the wood uh, started to uh, because the sun is uh, weakened so the wood wasn't dried out and it was wormy and you couldn't bring those uh, wood for the Mizbeach so giving away dried out wood without being able to replenish means self-sacrifice and that question is whose self-sacrifice is represented by that gift is it Yoyov's descendants or David as the Rebbe will explain Oizbeis in in what consists the, the Goydel Hamayla, the great advantage for Nidvas Eitzim of of bringing the gift of the wood on the 20th of What was it so great about? It was to leave them because it was such a great act. by the then we're searching by this family, as Koyach, a special power that was given to them, and merit of the fathers. So what's so special about bringing wood on the 20th day of Av? The Rebbe explains, the Gemara Zok, the Gemara relates, as Michamisha Osor Be'av Ve'elech, beginning with the 15th day of the month of Av and on, Toshash Koicho Shalchamo, the power of the sun, is weakened. And they would no longer cut wood, for the uh, fire, for the arrangement of the fire on the Mizbeach, because these woods that are after 15th of Av are not dry. From the 15th day in Av and on, the power of the sun is, becomes weak. Uh, and from that point on they had no longer cut any trees for the arrangements from the Mizbeach, for the Mizbeach because they are not dry as the Rebbe explains now that the din is the halacha, the ruling is that wood that is wormy that has worms infested is disqualified is no good to be used on the Mizbech and therefore at the time that the sun's power has been weakened after the 15th of the month so then they worried as the that the wood has become wormy because there's no more sun to dry them out fully so therefore they may become wormy and therefore they no longer brought wood from the 15th of of so that means by the time it came around the 20th of Av, there was no more cutting of wood. The wood for the Mizbech was no longer cut. The Eshta Nidvas Eitzim, so the first uh, gift of wood that followed, Nocha that followed the 15th of Av, is given Be'asrim Be'av, that was in the 20th days of Av. Now, when did they have to cut this wood? To bring on the mizbeach, or the word brought on the mizbeach, so there had to be dos hot, dos holtut schneiden freer. They had to cut it before, before the fifteenth, because if they cut wood after the fifteenth, it's no longer qualified to be brought on the mizbeach. Kineskarleil, as mentioned earlier, because of the worms. Und the bnei 
and the family members brought wood that was cut before the 15th they brought it for the Mizbeach on the 20th day of Av in a time when can under go to hold such machine you can schneiden at a time then you could no longer cut any other good wood because after the 15th of August there's no more wood to cut void and further uh, that means that because they couldn't use other woods they had to pay attention to this and before uh, before the 15th of Av to keep in mind and prepare themselves they couldn't just go out to cut wood and bring it they had to have they had in mind a long time before they actually needed the wood them to investigate about it they had to prepare it for later on so that adds to the uh, attention to the meaning of that special gift to give a gift when there is no longer replenish you can't uh, cut anymore and it's something that requires previous attention on the river and therefore from the nidvas eitzim from the tog the gift of the wood of that day of esrim of and that doesn't only apply to the 20th day of Av, because those fa- family that follow, there's one more family that gave on the 20th day of Elul. And that's what the Rebbe adds in parentheses. And also the gift of the family that had contributed after them on the 20th day of Elul. So that had a special importance. That was very meaningful, the gift of wood. Was is that does not exist by the gifts from those families which contributed earlier the other families gave contributed wood during a period, during a time when you can go ahead and replenish it you can cut a new new wood so it's only this family that didn't have that opportunity and since the contributions that followed the 15th of Av, they were particularly important. That's why the Gemara is uh, thinking and uh, questioning from where from did such a important act such a noble act by these by these families. Where does it come to them to be able to do this act? Because the um, when they gave, they gave it on a special time. This was a special gift and an important gift at the time when it was no longer available to be replenished. And then I was going to point out in his gimel that that gift was not something that they just brought for themselves that they're benefiting, but what they did is they brought the wood so that the Mizbeach has wood so another person can use and bring his sacrifice. We needed the wood on the Mizbeach, so we needed their wood to support somebody else's carbon. So that's showing out that they're not just contributing something for their own sacrifice, but they are contributing so somebody else can bring their sacrifices. Now, there's all kinds of sacrifices. Sometimes there is a sacrifice which a person brings because he has sin. And sometimes it could be severe sins. They bring different sacrifices for that. And yet, even for that person who committed a sin and they don't have any part of that sin of that carbon and yet they want to make sure that there's wood in the Mizbeach so another individual who committed a sin can bring his carbon they're going to contribute and bring the wood that shows them this special care about another Jew, another person even somebody who may have failed let's learn inside Gimel Nochmer, furthermore the Eitzimalein Zainen King Korban Nidgiven. This wood, by themselves, they were not a sacrifice. There is such a 
concept of bringing wood as a sacrifice, but this case, we're not talking about bringing wood as a sacrifice. It's sort of you bring a animal as a sacrifice, a bird, or you bring wood as a sacrifice. This wood was just merely serving as wood, as fire for a sacrifice. They were necessary for the arrangement of the Mizbeach of Velchem and Makrig and the Karbonis, on which they sacrificed the offerings. The Karbon Alein and the actual sacrifice, Velchem and Hotfa Brent of the Eitzim, which they burnt over these wood, is not given Dafke Zeder. It wasn't necessarily there, it wasn't their Karbon. Or the Mekarban Sibur, it wasn't necessarily even from the communal sacrifice. Because even when you talk about a communal sacrifice, so they are also a part of the community, so at least if the wood was, would only be used for the communal, so they're getting some benefit because they're also part of the community. But the truth of the matter is, they brought the wood for the arrangement of the Mizbeach, as I given Karbonis, there were such offerings from Ali, from all Jews. And furthermore, not just general Jews. Amongst the sacrifices, there also were Eichatois, there were sin offerings, there was Ashomis, guilt offerings, the Kadoimen that come for sin. Which People who transgressed brought as an atonement for sins that they are committed. Yet, nevertheless, these family investigated with that side freer time earlier because they had to make the preparation. So they went to make sure. And to, as mentioned before, not for their own selfish, for their own carbon. Just to support and be of help to a Jew, was his in an Aveda who failed and in in a, in a transgression. As Erzol Kenan Makriv that he should be able to bring an offering so that he should be able to have an atonement. And yet, there's even a bigger. Uh, Noble, now noble act in this giving. And there's even a greater aspect. This to donate something, to give away an item, that you can no longer get. You're giving wood that you can't get. In order to help out, a sinning Jew, a Jew who sinned, is given mitzimcha. They did it with joy, with happiness. Bees, as Menhodim talk, to the extent that they made that entire day, Yoim Korban Eitzim, the day that they brought that wood, Gemach Farayontav, they made it into a good day, into a festival for the Mishpach, for the family. So that shows not only did they do it, but they did it with excitement and they made it into a holiday. Now, where does one get? That strength, that inspiration, that is what the Gemara says. I mean, that is the plukta from Rameir with Rabbi This is the disagreement that we have in the Talmud between Rameir and Rabbi Whether the strength for such type of conduct, did it come? From David, King David, other from Yoyev ben Tzuriyah, or it comes from Yoyev, the son of Tzuriyah. Now, of course, in order to really understand it, we have to know what is the greatness of King David, of David Hamelach, and what is the greatness of Yoyev. Who are these two people's characters that we're trying to figure out? Whether they're uh, who's energy, whose merit is the one that inspired and energized their descendants to go ahead and do this act. So first we have to study and understand a little bit what Yoyev represents and what David Melch represents. And that's what we're going to do in Oiz Dalid to discover a little bit the strengths 
of David and the strength of Yoyev. So the Nebuch quotes in Nezdalet, the Gemara Zokt, uh, quoting from the Gemara in uh, Sanhedrin, Mantesa Medalef, that Ilmolei David also Yoyev Mulchama. Had it not been for David, Yoyev could not do war. Yoyev was, of course, the chief of staff, David's chief of staff. He was the head warrior, and he led all the battles for King David. But had it not been for David, Yoyev could not succeed, could not wage war. And on the other hand also, and he goes works the other way too, had Yoyev not waged war and protected and allowed uh, for David uh, to study Torah, David would not be able to preoccupy himself with the study of Torah. So that means like this, does was Yoyev hot matzliach given in seinem Mulchames? This that Yoyev ben Sruya succeeded was successful in the wars that he was waging. Is as durch dem schus von David. That is because of the merit of David. Which he preoccupied himself in Torah. That means Ilmoli David had it not been for David's privilege, Yoyev cannot be successful, he would not be achieving victory in the war. And the reason why David was able to study Torah without being troubled with all the war activities is as durch them was is that is through this that Yoav went for him, because of David, to wage the war. Now the Gemorian Sanhedrin, Dafmem Tesom and Aleph, learns out this connection between David and Yoyah, because there is a Pasik which states, that David was doing justice and righteousness for all of his people representing Torah, and the Yoyah ben Tzuriya the Pasik says, and Yoyim Sri was over the war. And then the Pasik, the Gemara connects it, that Matam David also Mishpat Why is the reason? How could uh, David do justice and righteousness to all of his people? It's from the Yoyev Al because Yoyev was on the fighting the battles. So the Rebbe says over here in the parentheses that from the facts, and then was the Tzvei Inyonim that these two aspects Darshan men from the Mzalman Pasik are expounded from the same verse is a riot so that's evidence as Beide in Yonim Hobna Shaykhis that both matters have a connection which means it's not just separate that Yoyev was doing one thing and David was doing another thing and it is just that David's thing helped Yoyev and Yoyev's things helped David. So the Rebbe explains like this: the therefore it can say as does was Yoyev at Matzliach given. This that Yoyev was successful mitzadem Eisek Atoyre from David, that because of the preoccupation of Torah of David, is as nit bloys mitzad David's chus. It's not just because of David's privilege. In David's it is that Yoyev had a part, he had a portion in David's Torah. It's not like David's merits helped Yoyev, but it was actually Yoyev himself had a part in the Torah that David. Since without Yoyev, David could not learn Torah. So that means that David's Torah is inherently connected to Yoyev. Because David's Torah can't have Torah without Yoyev. So therefore, why is David's Torah protection not as an outside? And therefore, the Torah of David helped him. Not just as an outsider. It was an. It was because David was able to learn Torah because of him. That's why he can help 
Yoyav. The Rebbe brings out here in the parentheses. Yeah. But nevertheless, what do we see from here? That we had two parts to the waging of the war. We had Yoyav on one hand actually doing the battling. He's on the front waging the war. And then we have also in the background we have David as a support. David's Torah that helps you wage the war. Uh, so the Rebbe is going to see, tell you now the distinction between these two uh, types. The difference between the above mentioned service from David and Mitzvah is between David and Yoyev. By Baden is given Bittel or Mesiris Nefesh. They both had uh, the self-negation and self-sacrifice. Not the Bittel from David, but the self-negation of David, in this service, how did it actually express itself? How did David's self-negation express itself in Limud Torah because he studied Torah studying Torah was his way of self-negation of Bittl because this is the special advantage of the type of study of the Torah the way David studied Torah Azayin Limud is given with Bittl, that his study was with humility, with self-negation, was their far is vavayi imoshalochikimoyse. That's why when we say Hashem is uh, with him, uh, from the verse, as the Gemara says in in Ervin, that the uh, halacha remains like David that although there were the other scholars and they challenged sometimes David but yet the ruling is like David and the reason why the, the ruling is like David is because he studied Torah with the sense of humility and self-effacement and self-negation before of Hashem so how does the expression of David's bittle uh, of self-negation express itself in learning of Torah? But the self-negation and the sacrifice, self-sacrifice of Yoyev, that expressed itself in the in the service of dealing being connecting with the world. Biz, not only did he deal with the world, but he had to deal with opponents. Mit he to deal with in the nations of the world, which opposed he had to wage war with them. And to make up there a dwelling place for Hashem. So, David's Self-negation expressed in study of Torah, Yoav's self-negation expressed in dealing with the reality and dealing with the challenge, dealing with the other side, with the negativity. Because in the holiness there is always inclusion, <coughs> not separation, but rather combining all different aspects. So each one helped the other in their service. So David's learning helped Yoyev, Yoyev's battles helped David. Yoyev's Muhammad Yehovah and David to learn, Yoyev's wars supported, helped David to study. And David's Limda Torah, and David's study of Torah, Yehovah and Yoyev, and that helped Yoyev and Tzumatzliach Zayn and Muhammad to be successful in war. But yet, notwithstanding the fact that they each one supported one another, is given an unterschied zwischen there was yet a distinction, there was a difference between David and Yev. That Iker Inyan von David Damos is given. The main aspect of that time of David was Toyo. That was Toyo, and Ed is given Abgizundert from Welt. He was uh, 
separated from world. He was distant. He was uninvolved in the world. And the main aspect of Yoyev was Mohammed on Ton Invelt. Ton Invelt. He had waged war and he worked in within the world. And now, this we now can explain the consists the argument of Ramayim Rabbi where which part of the lineage did they get that inspired him to give those gifts of wood on the 20th day of Av. That is given Hecher. They wanted to know who was really on a higher level. Rabbi Meir, by the name of word Meir, is Funoshin Oir. Meir means he shines. Oir is light. Hecher Fun Oilom. Hecher Fun Helam Oilom. Which means he's beyond the obscurity and the blockage of the world. The world covers on the light of Hashem. The river, and therefore, therefore, he's emphasized his uh, energies and where was he involved mostly in an intense way was in the level, in the aspect of the humility of Torah, that you achieve from Torah. Oir, that is the level of light. Which is David. So Rabbi Yossi's main thing is David. Uh, I mean, uh, Meir is David, which is light. On Rabbi Yossi, on the other hand, the word Yossi is Begematri Alikim. The numerical value of the name Yoisi is 86, which is also the numerical value of the name of Elikim, 86, which is also the numerical value of the words Hateva. Hateva is also 86, which all represents the level of obscurity of Elikim and Teva, the river of nature, which is an blocks on the light of, of God. The river so therefore his emphasis and the main uh, excitement where did he get his where was he boiling in and the word kikoch means that what was his uh, main uh, enthusiasm and excitement in their maila from Elchamo in the advantage of war Unabirurim and that's the work of the purifying and uh, picking out from Olam this world, the sparks. That's the level of Yoyev. So essentially what the Rebbe was saying over here is that the reason why this one uh, says this family and this one says the other family, why Rebbe Meir says uh, the family of... Uh, of David was because to him David's greatness of humility was the main aspect because of the level of Rabbi Meir who was light and he felt that that is what inspired the families to be so benevolent and being so generous with the gift of the uh, wood on the 20th day of Av to help out people who are in uh, need for wood uh, even if they are sinners and to uh, the view and the view of Rabbi Yossi, the main thing is the uh, family of Yoyov who battled uh, uh, and dealt with worldly matters and overcame those challenges. That was the main reason and privilege in where that family got that uh, characteristic to be able to do such noble act as the gift of wood as they did on the 20th of Av. And the Rebbe is going to go on to give now a further explanation in Oishei. In Oishei, the Rebbe provides an additional insight into the uh, greatness, on one hand, of Yoyov, and versus, on the other hand, the greatness of David. When you measure and you want to see uh, which is a greater advantage, it would seem that it's definitely the study of Torah 
is the greater one of the two uh, than the actual war. So David's level seems to be greater than Yoyov. The only thing is that David's learning can only come about through Yoyov's going to war. So first, Yoyov needs to go to war so that David can learn. Now, there is a question. When the greater things at this moment, uh, we're not equating study of Torah against the war, because there is no question. You can't study Torah unless you go to war first. So at the time, when it's time to go to war, is Yoav responsible to go to war now, at present, so that later on, David can study Torah? If there was an issue right now, which one you have a choice, then of course Torah would come first. But at present, there could be no Torah, if there is no uh, waging of war. Is Yoav obligated to go ahead and wage war, so that later on, eventually, after he wages war, David HaMelech can sit and study Torah. And the Rebbe says that this would be a difference between the approach of the Yerushalmi versus the Babli, the Babylonian Talmud, the Yerushalmi Talmud versus the Babylonian Talmud. That according to the Talmud Yerushalmi, uh, one needs to do presently the less important thing which is waging war in order to achieve the more important thing of the study of Torah of David HaMelech so it turns out that Yoav's going to war was obligatory that was a uh, obligation for Yoav to go to war because that would be the only way that eventually David HaMelech can study Torah. And therefore, Yoav's going to war is not considered such a noble act on his part because it was his obligation. Because in order to achieve the greater level of Torah, you have to go to war. And therefore, in that case, we measure which is the greater, so we measure that the greater of the two is David HaMelech's act of study Torah, because that is greater, Torah is greater than going to war. But according to the view of the Babylonian Talmud, Talmud Bavli, since at the moment, uh, Torah is not a, cannot be studied, uh, so even though that in order to get Torah later, you have to go to war now, one is not really obligated uh, to go to war now because the advantage that you're going to gain of the study of Torah is only going to come at a later point. So right now I have the choice between studying Torah or going to war. Maybe you're not obligated to go to war. And still Yoav chose out of an act of nobility to go ahead to war, that is the inspiration, according to the uh, Babylonian approach, to be able to uh, bring these gifts for other people, even though you're not obligated in it. That inspired them to give the gift. Let's look inside. Hey, Noch has brought in them an additional explanation of this. We find in several, many places, a plukta, when there's a disagreement, an approach from Babli Mitn Yerushalmi, from the Babylonian Talmud Yerushalmi Talmud. Simen is mechuyiv tzuton, whether one is uh, obligated to do 
So whether a person carries an obligation to do that is a lighter, a smaller uh, a lesser a lighter, a lesser uh, idea uh, a benefit she's doing something less now in order as l'achar zman, so that later on, it will come out from this a great benefit. So he's doing now something small. So right now there is a uh, a lighter uh, uh, thing that he's going to. Study, not study Torah so that David HaMelech is going to go to war so that David HaMelech should later on be able to learn Torah so the view of the Yerushalmi Yerushalmi is the view of the Yerushalmi is Azibal de is Shaloi Be'erechad since this I don't know the exactly the touch of the Achbode here, but it seems that the Achbode means that the person is... It's a lotion of the Yerushalmi, apparently. But uh, since it's not doing now fully what he can, uh, but it's much smaller than the benefit that will come out from it. So, like the waging war, right now it's a small thing not to study Torah but to go out in war and later on you have a tremendous benefit that you're going to uh, gain the study Torah later is Chodsh so although as the the benefit will only come after time I mean later on you're still obligated to do it Because even though I'm missing out now, but since I'm going to be gaining a lot later on, I'm supposed to be doing what I'm missing out because there's a great benefit, although the benefit is not yet, is later on. This is the view of the Yerushalmi. Moshita Sabavli is, but the Babylonian view is, as Medav that you must consider the present situation. as the is shown since that lacking is now I'm touching the lacking, but I think it's maybe what he's missing out is presently and the benefit that Erzain is going to be later on is a gamma's so although there is a tremendous uh, benefit, that does not outweigh the that is present. And the Rebbe explains it how it relates to the gift uh, to the Yoyev and Budav the Melech. The benefit that David was able to study Torah with a free heart, that is much greater from the Shverikait, that the difficulty that Yoyev had by going to waging war. So, had the option be in front of a person right then and there, uh, what do you do? Do you go to war or do you study Torah? So the answer would be, of course, you study. You study Torah. But the Abarzizgi Kuman. But in this case, the benefit came That came after Yehov went to war. So, Bimela. So the benefit is later on. So it's not so clear whether it overrides the difficulty. Whether it overrides the difficulty of the present. Uh, 
because of the the benefit of the future. The Mela. And therefore is Lechita Sayrushalmi. So according to the view of the Rishalmi, Hot Yoyov Gidarv gain Bimulchamim. Yoyov had to go to war. Why? Because his present difficulty his present difficulty came uh, even though the benefit comes later on, the person is supposed to do the present difficulty so that he can benefit later a lot. But on the Shittas Bavli, but according to the view of the Bavli, in that is not given So Yoyev did an act in which he was not really obligated because since the benefit was only later on and the difficulty was now, Yoyev didn't really have to go to, to war. Because you don't have to do a difficulty, a difficulty now in order to have a benefit later on. You do a difficulty now for the benefit now. That everybody agrees. But according to the Bavli, you don't do a benefit now for, uh, you don't do a hardship now for a benefit that is going to come later. So therefore, Yoyev did not have to go to war. So he did something we wasn't obligated. And therefore, we have on the river is Rabbi Meir. When it comes to the Meir, Meir's light, Oir, Yoshur, that's Yerushalmi, Halt, he holds as the Iker Gureiskeit is Yikuman from David. The main greatness came from David. It's David that we hold out before him. Yoiv is not because Yoiv was obligated to wage war. So, what's the big deal that Yoiv had war? Because that's an obligation from Yoiv because there is going to be a tremendous benefit. So he's obligated. So it's not such a big thing that he went to war. But when Rabbi Yossi, which is Peter uh, Hateva. To purify nature, as mentioned before, that the uh, Yoisi is the Gematria Hateva, the Machshakim, which is the level of darkness, Babli, which the Gemara uses as the darkness, the Talmud Babli is sort of going in the dark, how he holds that the main greatness is Gekumen from Yoyevun, that that came about from he did something which he wasn't obligated. I guess, you know, you see from this that the word Achbodah means the weight. The question really is, is somebody obligated to do or to invest, to do something difficult now because of a benefit that is going to come later on? And this is where we're trying to figure out, can we benefit from Yoyev? Uh, because whether Yoyev was Mechoyev or not, if he was Mechoyev to go to war, so then there's not a benefit from then. Then we can't use it as a noble act, uh, and therefore we use David because David's level of Torah is is, is greater. But uh, when, uh, according to the uh, Babli, where one is not obligated to do a difficulty now for the future, then it comes out that it was a noble act on Yoyev that he didn't have to do, and therefore that is what he says Rabbi Yosef inspired, Rabbi Yosef inspired the children to do the gift what they were doing. It needs to be looked in further, the general machlokes that ever brings down between the Babli and Yerushalmi in order to clearer understand this. Anyways, we'll go on to the Limut von Hanalis. What is the lesson from the above? From the lesson that we can learn. Which says, Einer hot azach vos ananderer azah kemenit kring of the ganze Welt. When somebody owns something, he has something, which you cannot get anything else like that in the entire world. Darfer great sein dos He needs to be ready to prepare to give this away to live help on need in order to help another Jew. Another Jew. Afila azai even such a Jew was his nishul gavar and who stumbled and failed in a sin. Unafila asivet gornit angirufum verna vzai nomen. Even if it's not even going to be referred to called in his name. Unochmer and it's furthermore a dafas halten farazchus. He must hold this as a privilege. Was atzveited itad is geholfen gevaru durchim that another Jew has been helped through him. Bizas that is besimcha amitis to the extent that he's truly joy joyous about it. Machdafuna yomtiv mishpacha. He makes a family uh, festival holiday from this. 
in order to impact this sense by the children, this feeling by the children, their sons of David, either sons in the literal sense, the children that follow a lineage, or in a conceptual way when we the broader sense of children which is the students uh, consider the student darf sein the egen an hoge so one's own conduct needs to be durchgenommen penetrated mit der tnua von mesiris nefesh with the with the sense with the movement of uh, self sacrifice musaider was is a yeshivoyam whether a person is sitting in the tent meaning he's studying Torah Unikir inyoni is Torah and his main occupation is to study the Torah Sai and also there was his Abalaisig one who is a business person Unikir inyoni and his main occupation is Melchamas Avedis Abirun is war and to purify things Darv Zayn Avedis Zayn Mit Bitlum Siris Nefesh their service must be with humility and with self-sacrifice Dan Hodvet Ben Oif Adoir and then you raise a generation which is great, so avegem, which is ready to give away, and avegem besimchem to give with joy, was the hub that they have to the matzvet needed for another Jew. And it's great the level of loving of a Jew, avas chinam, in a way of love without a reason, hepech for sinas which is the opposite of hate without reason that has brought the destruction that will bring the two and wholesome redemption because of Mamish speedily in our days this is Mesichas Chof Menachemov Tov Shin Yud Aleph